internet connection dropped right as you were about to speak your mind on Taylor Swift. I know. I was like, how rude. Taylor Swift does not want me to record. Hello, hello. Welcome to Minor Notes. This is the podcast where we share our thoughts about an album from top to bottom. No skips, and we give some minor notes. That is Kate Griffin. And that is Gabby Alvarez. Welcome. Just as a recap, Gabby is a music business professional. I am a songwriter, and this entire first season of Minor Notes is dedicated to the discography of Miss Taylor Swift. Gabby is a fan of hers, and I am on a listening journey to figure out if I'm a fan too. And so to do that, each episode we are listening to her albums in chronological order and discussing each track. Yes, that's right. And today we are joined by a very special guest, Priscilla Musa, a.k.a. Rogue, artist, DJ, producer, performer, illustrator, singer, songwriter, and just kind of a badass entity that floats around and does a lot of dope shit. What's up, Priscilla? Hi, thank you for having me. Welcome. So glad you're here. Initial question before we get into this, because we have to know before we start, are you a Taylor Swift fan? I am not a Taylor Swift fan. So are you not like I'm not? Like you don't know or are you actively not? No, like I, I, I know for a fact. I'm very aware that I'm, I'm not a Taylor Swift fan. This is going to be such a good episode. Yeah, and I'm very aware <laughs> that I am and Kate is unsure. So this is wonderful. This is all of it. This is all of it. <laughs> all of all of the corners here the trifecta yeah all the feelings <laughs> yes yes so the album that we're going to talk about is taylor swift's second album fearless it was released on november 11th 2008 on big machine records uh it is widely known as a country pop crossover album taylor wrote seven out of 13 songs on the standard edition by herself And this is also her debut as a record producer. She co-produced this album with Nathan Chapman, who produced her first album. Mm -hmm. And this album was very critically praised. It won Album of the Year and Best Country Album at the 2010 Grammy Awards. And this was the album that sparked my love for her because it is entirely filled of breakup anthems. And it was the release of this was timed perfectly to my breakup with Dan Horatio. So (laughs) it's very special to me. So it's very personal. (laughs) It's very personal. And like, and I have no shame in admitting this. This was the album that I listened to at full volume when I was still driving past his apartment. Wow. So this was your driver's (laughs) license. (laughs) Yes. This This is my driver's license. This album. Oh my goodness. So I feel I'm very emotionally attached to this album because of like I it just like helped me at that time. Um or it hurt me at that time. You know, we may find out. We may find that out right now. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. We're going to get into it. I'm learning so much already. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so we're going to get into it. We'll go in track by track and just rogue. So you're aware we have a running list of lyrical tropes of Taylor Swift. And Kate is going to point them out. Yeah. We're keeping a tally. And I think by the end of the episode, you're going to really enjoy what our count is at. Because um, there are certain thing, things, themes, words, phrases that Taylor uses 
over and over, over to a nauseating degree. Over and over. And you know what? Let me just recap the list because I actually have a note here. Oh, yeah. Tell the In list. In listening to Fearless, I caught some words that were not on my original list. And then I went back to the original album and added words to the list. Okay. Tell us the words. So the, the list is jeans, mm-hmm. dress, mm-hmm. radio, daddy and or father, Mm-hmm. truck and or car mm. the knee as in your body part your knee down on one knee down on one knee rain rain town those <laughs> are the, town. those are the originals and then the new ones that i added were dance dream phone and stars and i feel like we need one more i think it starts on this album 2 a.m. No, oh, 2 a.m. You're right, you're right. I did add 2 a.m. And it starts on this one. Yes, you're right. It starts on this yes. one. And to be she fair... She has an obsession with 2 in the morning. Something... What a weirdo. We'll get into it. I have notes on this. Um, the words I did not count, because I just felt like I was being petty at that point. I did not count anytime she mentioned tears or crying. I was like, okay, fair. Like, you can have those. <laughs> and I did not mention anything having to do with kisses or window stuff. I wrote down window stuff. So whether she's throwing rocks at a window or tapping on a window or looking out a window... I let it go. I let her be. It's like heavily into. Yeah, yeah. I was like, be a poet. I'm going to give you that. And then all the other ones count. Okay. All right. So here we go. Are we ready? Yeah. Yes. I'm ready. Let's start with track number one, Fearless. The writing credits are Swift, Liz Rose, who helped her write a lot of the songs on the first album, Mm -hmm. and Hillary Lindsay, who has experience working with Michelle Branch, Faith Hill, Martina McBride, Shakira, Lady Antebellum, Bon Jovi, Lady Gaga, Tim McGraw, and more. So, I feel like that's a really good, like, like, list of... It, what am I like? It's so wide. It's such a good resume. Yeah. So what's yeah. A, what a wide wide range. Producer credit is Chapman, and this was the fifth single off this album. Fearless was the fifth single. Yeah. Off of Fearless, which I thought okay. was weird. I didn't realize it was a single. Well, it was the last one. So. All right. Well, Fearless. I think this song is a really sweet opener. I like the guitar part. It's very catchy. It's really simple riff. I really like it. There's a banjo, which, as we have established on the previous episode, I'm a sucker for a banjo. Right, you put a banjo in anything, and I'm like, this song is great. Into it. A lot of classic Taylor tropes. Driving down the road. Yep. Baby drive slow. Mentions driving twice. Yep. Dresses. Dresses are there. And storms. Uh, with you, I dance in a storm in my best dress, which I believe is alluding to rain. So I feel like oh. we can add that. She fit them all in that one line. She, like, tried to pick all the wear. Like, the only thing she missed was, like, you're in your jeans dancing in the rain with me in my dress. Yes, yes, yeah. She forgot to mention jeans. Um, And I also love absentmindedly making me want you because I'm very impressed when anyone uses a big word in a song. Okay. And I think absentmindedly is a pretty large word. And I am I just think that's that's a pretty good line. But I like this. She's like, what, 13 in this? She wrote this when she was, shoot, I should have this note. I believe she was 17? Yeah, I think that's the note I had. Like 17 years okay, old. I'm a little less impressed. Now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's more impressive at 17 because I feel like what 17 year old is I don't know I feel like 17 year olds just aren't this productive what I <laughs> will general. say if you like lyricists who use big words Mariah Carey is your girl oh my god yes her lyrics are 
anyway, this is going somewhere else. But I listened, like, <laughs> I looked at a whole lyric sheet once, and I was like, her vocabulary is outstanding. Like, the words that yeah. she's fitting into these songs. Mm-hmm. Okay, any other notes, Gab? Um, no, I like this one as an opener. I don't think it's, like, an exceptionally great song. Okay. It's not, like, what I would think a really good song. But as an opener, it does the job. I think just the way that the song builds from the beginning to the climax part in the middle to the end, it's, like, a nice opener for the album. A good lead-in. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna disagree with you. My first note <laughs> is that it's a soft opener. I feel like it made me think of how we thought Tim McGraw on album one was, like, a bad opener. Yeah. It kind of gave me those vibes. It does still feel very much in the country world. Yes. Like, I was expecting, like, the crossover to happen sooner, so I was, like, a little... I don't want to say bummed, but I was just, like, kind of surprised. Like, feels very country. Yeah. I wrote that it's not particularly memorable. Her voice feels kind of weak. I did, like, a big instrumental breakdown before the bridge, because that does not happen in many of the songs on the first album. Yes. So I did like that. And then, yes, for tropes, I had rain, dance, dress, one horse town. And then I put passenger seat in parentheses. We're going to count that as a car or a truck because that's where she is. Yes, it yeah. is. She is in a car <laughs> or a truck. All right, Priscilla, what do you think? What are your notes on this one? Yeah, Fearless, you know, with it being the first track of the album, you would expect for it to have a better hook. Grab me a little mm-hmm. bit more. Mm. To me, it just kind of seems like a weak start. Yeah. Totally. You know? Um, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like a little... To me, it sounds a little uninspired, a little repetitive. Like, I hear her say the title of the track over and over again, which I guess I'll give her props. To yeah, <laughs> for plugging. <laughs> she knows yeah. the name of Plugging the album. album. That's great. So I think that's, that's <laughs> wonderful for her. But honestly, yeah, the, the song really just doesn't really grab me. So I just kind of... I sat through it, but... Yeah. <laughs> you did a great job. Thank you. I think I did. Moving on to track number two. Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay. So, writing credits is Just Swift and producer Chapman. This was the fourth single. Mm-hmm. So, we're kind of going, like, backwards. So, this was single number four. So, Gabby, what I already know how you feel about Fifteen, but let's talk about it. I have never liked this song personally. I It's just not my kind of song. I'm not a fan of jams that are, like, too slow and almost too introspective. Okay. It, it's very boring to me. However, I do think that this song is a perfectly written song under, like, country songwriting structure. There's storytelling. She paints a really good picture. There's, like, a very emotional peak. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes you... It's taking you somewhere in a story. And I don't think I ever related to it because I wasn't a 15-year-old when I was listening to this song. Okay. I always skipped it. It was just not a song that I... You know, this was my breakup album. I didn't right. want to hear about <laughs> Abigail's virginity being taken away. Right. You're like, get this... That wasn't for me. Get this school shit out of here. Yes. Get this high school hallway shit freshman year... <laughs> It's different. Like, no, I'm not there. I'm sorry. He's got a car. Yep. There's a car. Mm -hmm. (laughs) See, she finds redeemable qualities. (laughs) (laughs) She also says, dancing around your room when the night ends. There's more dancing. More dancing. I also love, I found time can heal most anything, and you just might find who you're supposed to be. I didn't know who I was supposed to be at 15. I think that lyric is just really beautiful. And for someone who, you know, she wasn't much older than 15 when she wrote it, but like, it's true. It's a very relatable thing. Like, we think when we're 15 years old, like, we're so invincible and like, 
life is so long and and i don't know like yeah i didn't know who i was supposed to be at 15 either right and i just think that lyric is really great and um yeah lyrically this song is great structurally it's great it's just very boring to me okay so not your fave not my fave I have that, I feel like so far this is her best yet in terms of her ability to tell stories in the songs. Mm. I think in terms of a concept, it's fantastic because every single person has a first day of high school. So I just think like strategically it was a good move. I had a sense of nostalgic anticipation when I was listening to it. I was like, what are these feelings? Like I thought I forgot about high school. She does get hyper specific naming Abigail, which you already know I have an issue with. I do not like when she gets super specific. I think it's pretty ballsy that she would put Abigail's business out there as young as they were. Oh my God, did Abigail know? Abigail's her best friend, so she definitely knew. Well, I don't know if she felt good about it. I'd be like, uh, please don't. I mean, don't. she's still her best friend. Well, of course, because Taylor's rich. But if Taylor, like, didn't make it... Uh, side note about Abigail, and I don't know if this is for her birthday, or maybe, like, she had just gotten engaged, and it was, like, a bachelorette gift or something. Okay. But Abigail's favorite... Uh, artist is Dashboard Confessional and Taylor had Chris Caraba come and sing to her, which I think is just like, like I'd be your friend too, Taylor. That's great. Well, Taylor owed her. Let's be honest. <laughs> was I like her apologizing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Like everyone's I'm sorry, sorry. Here's a famous singer. Yeah. yeah. Sorry I wrote about that time your virginity was taken from you. Yeah. I did tell the whole world about it. My bad. I wrote that it's musically very country, has subtle, intense builds, especially in the bridge, which I like. The lyric I picked was, back then I swore I was going to marry him someday, but I realized some bigger dreams of mine, and Abigail gave everything she had to a boy who changed his mind. But I just think that line is really well crafted. Yeah. So that was good. And then my last few notes are, it's just too damn long. It should fade out at four minutes, 20 seconds. There's an extra 30 awkward seconds of like, she's kind of revisiting the verse, but then she like jumps out of it. Like, there, I don't know when the song is supposed to end, and it feels like they didn't either. Yeah, it's almost five minutes long. That's way too long. And then the tropes, I had town, car, dancing, and dreams. So we got four there. Priscilla, what are you thinking about this one? I, I just, I can't relate to it at all. Yeah. Yeah. Like, not now, not when I was 15. Like, I got the message, but I don't know. Like, you're 15, go touch some grass and play outside a little bit. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Do what 15-year-olds do. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like it just it's it's not relatable to me at all and like it it it's such a long song for such a boring track that it like again to me like there's there's no feeling behind it so I'm just kind of waiting for it to end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so interesting. But I listened to the whole thing. I committed. Oh, there we go. It's so interesting like you <laughs> listening to this song for the first time as a fully formed adult person. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like I'm I'm constantly checking to see like how long of the song I have left. Right. <laughs> That's it. Listen, so did I. That's why I clocked it. I was like, why is this longer than four minutes twenty seconds? Like this yeah, it's like got four minutes left of yeah, this. Yeah. All right. But, Not you know, the best. It Not the best. It happened. All right. Okay. Track three, Love Story. Love Story. All right. Writing credits are Jess Swift, producer Chapman. This was the first single. September 15th of 08. Ooh, wonderful. Um, Love Story, to me, this song is a home fucking run. Yeah. I know a lot of people find it annoying, 
I think this song, uh, everything about it is great. The guitar riff, the storytelling, again, she's doing the country songwriting thing, yep. the structure of telling a story and painting a picture. She knows how to take you to a place. Mm-hmm. I, I love the line in early on, she says, on a balcony in summer air. Like, you feel like you like she's taking you somewhere. For sure. She does a lot of back and forth dialogue, like Daddy said and I said. Are we counting ball gowns as dresses? Stop. I had a whole day where I was like, do I do it or do I don't? I did not include it, but I did include white dress. Because at the end, okay. she talks about the white yes. I was like, I'll give you ball gown. But I was really in between for a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think the chorus, the hook on this, is it's perfectly catchy. It the, the way that it builds up is nice. The way that the drums come in on the second verse yeah. that help build it up. And I also love that there were little bits of violin that kept coming in during the chorus, which was nice. It added a little a little a little zhuzh. A zhuzh. A country zhuzh. <laughs> a country zhuzh. I had this a lot of the same reasons. This was my best song. I think literally everything about it is good. Like you said, the structure, the three-part harmonies, the syncopation, the length of it, the speed of it. I think it's interesting from start to finish. There's a really big build. There is a low driving bass note in the chorus that just gives it a depth. And this happens again in another song, and I'll point it out. But if you listen to it, like... It gives it some balls. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, this is good. Mm. We have the three-part stories. It kind of made me think of Mary's song from the first album. Like, the beginning, the middle, the end. Yeah, from the first album. It ends with the first line. So you've got this really nice lyrical resolve. And then we've got, you know, tropes, white dress, knelt to the ground, and daddy. So we got three. Priscilla, what do you think? How do we feel about love story? The first note I wrote on this says... Oh my God, it's this entire album about teenage romance. I want to die. <laughs> <laughs> it is. That's why yes. I love it. <laughs> yes, you're right. I, I caught on a little late, but I caught on, I guess, in, in this song. I just, I, I'm not a fan of Romeo and Juliet to begin with. I think it's like <laughs> a terrible fucking story, in my opinion. So like, yeah. I was already like, oh God, no, <laughs> another one. Um, but... Uh, me personally like i don't like the melody but it is super catchy so i get why Mm -hmm. people are into it you know it kind of makes me think of like of of kids bob kids bob (laughs) yeah it makes me think of like kids bob like it's the kind of song that like it sounds like you don't really need to change the lyrics or anything it's already like oh it definitely is good for kids bob i I get what you're saying you're right yeah you're right it's very g-rated love story it's a very g-rated story 100 percent I got it. I'm into it. Okay. You're being very kind, Priscilla. I really appreciate your tact. <laughs> I can tell you're trying really hard, like, not to hate this whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> A for effort. You know, I, I can't just, you know, let's say the same thing over right. and over. <laughs> she sucks right. for 10 right. tracks. I hate this. <laughs> I mean, I did. I hated it, but, you know. Fair, fair. <laughs> totally fair <laughs> um all right track four hey steven oh hey steven okay writing credits uh taylor swift and chapman no other special okay. notes go ahead gabby let's get this over with okay i i i know already that <laughs> this song is not good i know that we're but i love this song <laughs> gabby stop <laughs> 
Um, <sighs> I love that how simple it is, and I love that it's just acoustic guitar and a cute story. I like anything that is just acoustic guitar. I think it's nice. You are easy to please, okay, man. You're a cheap date. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. a cheap date. <laughs> I'm a super cheap date. It just makes me happy. It's definitely corny, but it's like, it makes me happy. Fun facts about this song. Okay, let's hear it. It was written for this guy named Stephen Barker Lyles, who's in a country music duo called Love and Theft. Um, and Taylor ended up bringing this band on tour, and they were her opening act for the Fearless tour. Okay. So Taylor is very famous for doing, like, leaving secret messages in her liner notes. Sure, sure. And so in the album booklet for Fearless, for this track, the message was Love and Theft. So, like, kind of confirming who it's about. Got it. And, uh... I'm not sure if Taylor knew this at the time. She's probably figured it out now. But Stephen ended up writing a song about her. And it's called Try to Make It Anyway. So I haven't listened to it because I don't care about a band called Love and Theft. Right. But if you would like to listen to the response, it's out there. That's interesting. That is more interesting than this song. But go ahead. (laughs) Honestly, yeah. After hearing this song, I don't really care about the response. (laughs) I'm like, whatever. Whatever, Stephen. Kissing in the Rain. (sighs) She wants to kiss Steven in the rain. Who um, doesn't so that she want to kiss in the rain at this point? She just loves kissing in the rain. She's going to get sick. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just keep doing that. She's going to catch the flu. Seriously. Yeah, she, I think she she's... Taylor is very obsessed in... And we talked about this on episode... I don't know, maybe we talked about this on episode one or if we have just talked about it, Kate, that... She is a person who has clearly had no struggles in her life. She's and I think she's very honest about yes. that. That she's a really privileged person. Yeah, parents had a good job. They moved to Nashville for, for her. her. Like yeah. she has not really had any struggles. And the things, a lot, and a lot of the tropes and the things that she writes about constantly are these very, like. Like, that she can just imagine these picturesque moments, and that's, like, the the most ideal scenario, is, like, kissing in the rain, right. whereas, like, I think people that have actually lived a life and suffered are not writing about this kind of crap. Sure. Yeah. I love this song. I love the giggle. Oh, I have a note about the giggle, Gabby. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, can I go? Can I go, please? Yeah, yeah. okay, okay. Yes. <laughs> The first word I wrote is cringy, and I wrote down, as soon as the song starts, I cover my eyes for some reason. <laughs> like, it's just, like, like, secondhand like embarrassment. this embarrassing move. Like, I don't want to be seen. It Easily my worst song on this album. This is Stay Beautiful from album one. Oh God. Like, that's how oh much God. I don't like this. Right off the bat, I cannot stand the humming. Like, just puts me in a bad place. I love the humming. I think the song as a whole just feels <laughs> silly. Like, I don't know why she wrote it. I don't know why someone recognized it and was like, let's record this. Like, why would... It's just stupid. It's structurally, lyrically, melody, like, so weird. I th- Again, Steven, like, what a weird, specific thing. Like, I don't mind her writing a song about this dude, but, like, I don't need to know his name, and it's not a good name. Like, Steven is a weird name. And she's just, like, trying to rhyme with it the whole time, and I'm like, let it go. Let it go. (laughs) I wrote down, she laughs at one point, and I get so much secondhand embarrassment. That was a note. And then, the part that really killed me, the snaps at the end, okay? There's, like, snapping happening. Do you know that there were eight people who got a credit for snapping on this song, and that's the only thing they did on this album. Eight people. They snapped. They snapped what? on this one song. Only on this song. 
I was like, I was actually one of those people. <laughs> Honestly, you tried to make it better. You tried. I think at that point they I were tried. like, uh, snapping? Like, how can we save this? Maybe everyone just starts snapping. Let's see what happens. It was rough. It was rough. And then I definitely have Kissing in the Rain. And I said I wouldn't include it, but I did write down Tossing Rocks at Your Window. I guess we'll let her have that one. But I was like so annoyed. I just started writing things down. I was like, what are you doing? I understand. Yeah, the melodies are super uninspired. Ugh. It's very basic. It's super basic. Like, she has a formula that works for her audience. You know, I feel like she just kind of has a hit factory. Mm. This is not it, She just it, keeps, though. like, making songs that just kind of... I, yeah, I just... I can't connect to any of it. I feel like this one also just, like, hit hit the mark even for her i disagree <laughs> this song is really cute oh, the, the, that that mm, at the end that humming at the end like if like i mean i could i could loop that and maybe like layer something cooler over it like a dirtier drum pattern and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Way. like basically like do anything so like it doesn't sound like this like, like what it is yeah, yeah. Stop. I would just, I would, or just maybe like, or like skip the song. Oh, you know? just, I don't know why. You don't need it's 13 just not a good songs. Song. Steven. There's a lot of songs on this album. Just be like, hey, look, that one's got to go. Like, just get it out of here. No. Ugh. I, um, uh, it's very Sa- uh, the saxophone player in San Fermin, uh, who's one of the artists that I used to work with, not anymore. He, his name is Steven, spelled with a PH as well. And when I first started working with them, I used to sing this song to him all the time. And he was like, is this a real song? And I was like, yes, Steven, this there is a go. real song. He thought you were making it up on the spot. That's how bad it was. He was like, this can't be a real song. Me, a tone-deaf non-musician. <laughs> wrote it it probably like sounded better gabby it honestly real. it probably sounded really good it, it did you have. snap oh yeah okay Steven, boy, <laughs> ah so cute stop all right she was one of the eight people yeah yeah, yeah. there were two right here <laughs> <laughs> one of the reasons i also love this song or this album aside from it being a breakup album was this was if the first year that i had moved out of my parents house and i was living with um our good friends iggy and angela and we all loved this album and we would play this album all the time and me and angela particularly love hey steven listen so just so you guys know there's other people that love this song and you just outed all of them and you know what i think they were lying to you gabby wow they felt so bad they were like we live with her now just sing the song loves it (laughs) i'm gonna text her right now do you love hey steven you're gonna get a season this is Angela's gonna be like, I'm blocking your phone number. Yeah, maybe. Yikes. Um, all right, we can leave Hey Stephen behind. In the past forever. Fine. Um, <laughs> track number five, then. White Horse. Yes. White Horse. Credits are Swift. Rose is back, helping her write this. Chapman is the producer. This was the second single. December 8th of 08. Yeah, second single. What's interesting about the singles and, like, while I was a fan of this album, I don't remember any other singles besides Love Story. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't remember them being on the radio or anything, but I, maybe they were just country sing- I don't Could've know. Could have been. Could have been. This song is pretty. It's not a huge standout. It's very sparse instrumentally, mm-hmm. um, which is a nice effect because it is a sad song. Yeah. my fa- One of my favorite lines in this song, my mistake, I didn't know to be in love. You had to fight to have the upper hand. While 
going through my Dana Ratio breakup, I was like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) So personal. (laughs) Very personal. Okay. Okay. I love that the final chorus is different than the preceding choruses. It almost feels like it was an, like, intentionally makes you think that she's saying goodbye to this person because in the final chorus, she says, I'm going to find someone someday who might actually treat me well. This is a big world. And that was a small town in my rear view mirror disappearing now, which I think was a nice way to end the song because it was a different chorus, but she's in a car. There's a small town. (laughs) I feel like she lives in a snow globe and all of her songs happen in this snow globe and she never leaves that town and it's raining all the time. You know, <laughs> like, uh, all right. She actually lives in Seattle. Yeah, she lives in <laughs> Seattle, basically. All right. My notes were meh, like it's good for what it is. It's a sad country song. At this point, I feel like the fairy tale aesthetic is getting really old. Like it's mm. literally called White Horse. Like just beat us with this idea. Uh, the song is 20 seconds too long like way too long one weird thing that i don't know why nobody pointed this out to her there is a lyrical overlap with hey steven which happens just before this track it, i think it's a uh, because i can't help it if you look like an angel right that's what she's saying to steven can't help it if you look like an angel and then in white horse she says say you're sorry that face of an angel and then i was like is this steven like, are we still talking Ooh. about Steven? So I thought that was weird. Kind of lazy. I don't know why a producer didn't, like, separate the songs. The tropes, yeah, small town, on your knees, dreamer. But my very first note, is Taylor Swift a horse girl? Because I'm getting major horse girl vibes from That's her. like an internet joke about her is that she's a horse girl. Is it a joke, though? I had a note that I felt like it would be a much better album if, like, you heard like Tina Belcher from Bob's Burgers singing her songs. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I disagree. You can't. I-, <laughs> <laughs> I like that note. Now I want a petition for that to happen. Yeah. I feel like the album itself would be like, imagine Tina Belcher singing the, what was it? The White Horse. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be sad and beautiful and weird. It would. Like the Romeo and Juliet song, Tina Belcher singing that. Like, I would fucking pee myself. (laughs) To whatever his name is, Jimmy Pesto. Yeah, to Jimmy Pesto. To Jimmy Pesto, who is always apparently too late to catch her. And I feel like at some point, like, what is it? Like, it's like. This girl, like, like, sh- th- does she expect anything different from Right. <laughs> like, I just feel like, you know that, um, I feel like it's a Sex in the City episode where Carrie realizes that maybe she's also picking the wrong person. Yes. Mm. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, I think Taylor comes to that realization in later albums. <laughs> it just, it just took, <laughs> you know, when she grows albums. up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> One of my notes for this album overall and, like, the songs that are particularly, like, breakup songs is it's very, um, like, almost like like when you're young, when you're a young woman and you, like, you don't know how to advocate for yourself to your partner or, like, you, you know, you, like, put everything on a pedestal and everything's bigger than it is and then maybe five years later you finally realize that you're a bad bitch Mm. and that you don't have to take that shit and you set a standard for yourself this is the album before taylor knew how to do that for herself so it's very like a lot of longing a lot of a little bit like puppy-eyed and pathetic because she doesn't know any better yet that she doesn't realize that as a woman 
a hundred percent of the time in a relationship with a man, we have the power. It's a matter of knowing, like, like knowing that you do and knowing how to use it. Cause it really is like you ask any, anybody it's even if you're, if your partner, if your male partner, if your husband thinks he's in charge, he's fucking not. Right. Right. No way. And it reminds me, there's a scene in my big fat Greek wedding where, um, Tula, the main character Tula is talking to her mom about, I think how she wants to marry the guy who's not Greek. Sure. And her mom was like, just leave it to me. I'll handle dad. And she was like, but how? Yeah. If he's like the head of the family, how are you going to do it? And the mom goes, he's the head, but I'm the neck. Mm. I turn the head. And I think about that scene a lot because like she's fucking right. If even like if you give and I think in a lot of um, immigrant families in like my family in particular, like, you know, you do give the illusion that like the male is the head of the household. But if you watch how things actually play out that's a hundred percent not what's happening they think they are but she's not there yet she's not there yet yeah, she yeah. doesn't no, know right this. now she's kissing steven and right yeah she's busy yeah she's busy kissing in the rain singing about yeah. fucking romeo and juliet <laughs> yes. for some yes. reason she's busy in her fucking i bet she didn't yeah. even read the story there's no way she actually read the full story uh angela texted me back and she said i said do you love hey steven and she said you know i do <laughs> <laughs> she's like is this a trick question <laughs> all right gabby we ready to move on yeah track number six you belong with me you belong with me all right writing credits are swift and rose and chapman's a producer and this was the third single april 20th of 08 I remember this single, too. This was a big one. She wears short skirts, I wear t-shirts. I think it's impossible to be in a bad mood when this single song is on because it's joyful. It's just a, Priscilla a happy song. Will disagree. Priscilla's going to disagree, I know. <laughs> but I do, I completely understand why, why people do not like this song. Yeah. It is an earworm, I think, in the worst way, if this is not your kind of music, because this song was fucking everywhere. Yeah. And it's catchy as shit. I love this song. I think it's a great song. This might be my favorite song on this album. Oh. It's definitely, I think, for this album being a country pop crossover, this is the pop song. Yeah. I wrote that all of the melodies, the verse, pre-chorus, chorus, bridge, are fantastic in terms of being catchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, a lot of times she'll save it for the chorus, but, like, no. The verse is, like, all of it's catchy. I had to look this up. In the beginning, there's this, like, plucking noise, and it's actually called clucking. Clucking? Yeah, clucking. When you, like, just pick at the, whether it's a banjo or a violin, whatever, like, the the clicking is, it's clucking. Okay. I wish the drums on the first verse were real, because they do, like, a drum machine, and then the real drums Mm. kick in later. I feel like it just would have been cooler if it was real drums the whole way. In the chorus, the bass drum is doing, like, a four-to-the-floor thing, which is why I think the chorus is so poppy and driving. Yeah. Gives a little bit of balls. Lyrically, there's like a sweet frustration kind of happening, which is kind of cute. I do think this is a very good example. It's like corny, but it's good storytelling without being hyper specific. Like we're not naming people. And I think that's what makes songs relatable. So I'm into that. And then tropes, uh, we're going to light up the whole town, his worn out jeans, dreaming and a phone. They're talking on the phone. Um, Don't forget driving. I remember you driving to my house. No, I, 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 I I'm missed it. I'm the one it. that makes you laugh when you know you're about to cry. Boom. Missed it. Now I got to. There's also dreams. Is dreams a trope? Dream, I know no, your no, favorite yeah. songs, and you tell me about your dreams. Yes. I think I know where you belong. I think I know it's with me. I got dream. I got to add that drive to my master list. 
I missed that one. Rogue. <laughs> I hate the song so much. <laughs> oh, no! Like, I hated it when it came out. I forgot about it until I had to listen to it. And then I literally got in a bad mood the <sighs> second it came on. Like, we did I this hate to the you. song so much. <laughs> it made me so unhappy. But, yeah, I mean... The entire time I'm listening to it, and I'm like, why the fuck is she so concerned with like another man, yeah. woman, and like why is she so worried about like someone who's not really paying? But again, to her? we're gonna go back to what we just talked about, which is she doesn't know any better. Yeah, you know, she's like a 15 year old kid in this, and you know, it, it's and and again, that's why also I yeah. can't relate at yeah. all. She's also giving me like Joe yeah. from B vibes. <laughs> yes, yeah, very yes. much. Stalkery. A lot of her songs are stalkery. Like, yeah, she she seems to never mind her own business, which is kind of annoying. I think I think that's key, that word annoying, cuz I think it kind of is. Like and it's similar to what Gabby said before and I have this note for a later song. Like the fact that she hasn't really had to go through very much and she's constantly singing about happiness and like longing. Yeah. It's annoying. Yeah. Like like you like what are you even Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely like lack of self-awareness. Yeah. And it too. <laughs> you know, you belong with me even though you like literally chose someone else right. instead of me. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, let me tell you <laughs> yeah. what to do. But I think yeah, it is yeah, one yeah, of those yeah. things where like I've definitely at that age felt that way about someone. Like, you shouldn't be dating that girl. You should be dating me. Yeah. I can see like why like a young teenage girl may like be like, ooh, this yeah. like hits, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I hated it so much. An update on Hey Steven. I, I asked Angela, and she said, why? And I said, I'm doing a podcast right now, and everyone hates it but me. And she said, well, they have bad taste. Oh, you know what? We're going to have Angela on. This is, um, take this with a grain of salt. Angela is a person who has not listened to any new music past 2008. Angela is someone who really likes Hey Steven. So yeah. starting right there. I can't take it seriously. Fair enough. Uh, we, we love, love you, Angela. Angela. We love you. Um, all right. Are we ready? Track number seven. Breathe. Breathe. Okay, so this is the first time, um, I think it's the first time she has a feature. Yes. This is featuring Colby Kelly. Mm-hmm. I think that's how we say it. Yeah, that. I think so. I did some research on Colby. Colby is our age. She's 36. I didn't know that. So she's like older than Taylor. Not by much, but older. Um, her first album dropped in 2007. Her big songs were Bubbly yeah. and Brighter Than the Sun, um, which has a very me and Julio down by the school. She was also um, featured on a Jason Mraz song that I really like. Yes. yes Lucky. Lucky. Lucky's a cute song. Lucky. She is very, like, beachy yes. ukulele vibes, just to kind of set the mood. So writing credits for this, she wrote it with her, Colby and Colby Kelly and Swift, and producer was Chapman. I feel like this is a feature that is barely a feature, and I'm going to guess what happened here is Colby wrote this song, uh, wrote part of this song, and she recorded her vocals on a demo, and they just kept it on. And used it as backing. So she's oh. backing vocals on the hook. That's it. It's barely a feature. She doesn't do a verse. Oh. She's just backing vocals on a chorus. So I think that she wrote the chorus and sent the demo. And they were like, is it cool if we use it? And her very smart manager was like, only if you can give her a feature. And they were like, okay. <laughs> wow. Because it's barely a feature. She's not. She really is just on on the the. I think she's do. She does like 
the everything except the verse the first verse she's singing with taylor on everything except that first verse so it interesting i i I feel like it's it's ridiculous that she's featured you can barely hear her she's obviously just backing vocals you know it's this makes a lot more sense because my first note was interesting choice for a feature Mm. i was curious about because this girl's album came out in 07 the Al- Taylor's was 08, so I was wondering if maybe Taylor's people were like, look, this girl's going to be big. Like, let's pull her in here. Yeah. But then, like, it didn't happen. Um, I do think the harmonies were nice. Mm-hmm. Vocally, it's a super comfortable range. Nothing interesting or dynamic is happening. The weakest part is the chorus, which I found to be disappointing. Like, I can't remember it. It's not very memorable. It sounds like elevator music. And this is the first time she mentions 2 a.m. Yes, I wrote that, too. So that's the appearance of 2 a.m. It's 2 a.m., and she's feeling like she just lost a friend. So sad. So sad. Yeah, and this is another breakup song where she's just, like, so in her feels about a guy who's not worth it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God, it's about a guy. Like, in in my mind, I decided that it was, like, about, like, an actual friend. And I was like, okay, like, finally, it's a song that's not about a fucking boy. I think it might be about a friend. I take it back. I take it back. (laughs) I just assumed it was about a boy, but maybe you're right. Like, I kind of decided it wasn't about a boy this time, because I was like, God, give me a break. She says it is about <laughs> having to say goodbye to somebody, but it not necessarily a relationship. I think because this was a breakup album for me, to me it is about a To guy. you it's a boy. To you it's a boy. Yes. But maybe to, her, to her it was a friend. I think she says... Oh no, that's a Kobe Calais quote. Yeah, she's, she never says it's about a guy. She says it's just about like parting ways with a person. Interesting. It's fine. But it's just okay. Track number eight tell me why yes tell me why uh written by swift and rose uh producer chapman so we're back to like the original trio from the first and we're fully in a country song with some motherfucking banjo all up in it and i love that (laughs) um but this song is another breakup anthem but it is about a man who is a gaslighter who was it steven Oh my God! Was, was it? it? I'm not no, not sure who this one is about, but it's it's. I mean, if you like go through lyrically, this is like a dude who's like telling you one thing, but you're like, no, that's not what I feel. So whoever this is about, hmm, fuck him. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna say it's Stephen. Fuck Stephen. Yeah, fuck you, Stephen. Fuck you, Stephen. It probably was. My notes were: mm. I hate how it starts. I think there's, like, a weird drum machine thing that's happening, and it doesn't support her voice at all. Like, her voice sounds really weak. I did put that the chorus in the second verse have a weird 90s groove. Ooh. And I I wrote in parentheses, I wish the fiddle was cut out. I understand why not, because, like, country crossover. But it almost has, like, a Michelle Branch third eye blind groove happening. I hear that. You know, like, semi-charm kind of life. I was like, wait, what? What? Like, do I hear that? Like, I was like, what's happening? Uh, I will say the chorus of this and the chorus of 15 have very similar vocal patterns. I don't know why they let that go. She does that a lot. She does. And I just feel like it's lazy. And as, like, I don't know why a producer wasn't like, you're writing the same song twice. Like, stop doing that. Feels like a single from a 90s one-hit wonder. Mm, Interesting. And I also wrote, it's 20 seconds too long. She's leaving, like, room at the end for a verse reprise, and it's like, stop it. Just stop the song. And then the lyrical trope was just dreams. Just dreams on this one. Dreams. Dreams. Lots of dreams. All right, let's hear Priscilla. Just had a... I just had a like a note that said banjo. (laughs) banjo Accurate. The banjo on this song is really fun. Yeah. 
Yeah, the banjo is cute. Um, she sounds like she would be insufferable as a girlfriend. <laughs> that's a good. I think that's a good word. I feel use. like this is more about an I insufferable that boyfriend. That's probably what it is because then I also wrote I can see like young girls playing this loud as fuck when they fight with their teenage boyfriends yelling like fuck you Darren. <laughs> you mean you mean but like Gabby? Yeah. When Gabby was yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This guy is definitely uh what does she say? Uh, you could write a book on how to ruin someone's perfect day. I get so confused and frustrated and I forget what I'm trying to say, which is like, I feel like classic shitty dude arguments as they're not really listening to you. Sounds like gaslighting. Yes. Yeah. It sounds like gaslighting. I need you like a heartbeat, but you know, you got a mean streak that makes me run for cover when you're around. Here's to you and your temper. Yes. I remember what you said last night and I know that you see what you're doing to me. Tell me why. Why are you being a dick? But you know Darren, beef with Steven? all this shit is? Mm. Like, there's just, like, all of her songs sound like they're in the same mood. She They all kind of have this, like, happy, lighthearted, up-tempo. Even the ballads are just very, yeah. like, mm, vanilla the entire time. <laughs> you know? So, like, yeah. no even though I totally it's supposed agree with to you. be, like, a, you know, that bad bitch breakup song it still sounds like happy kids bob version of yeah. feelings you know like it's not as angry yeah. as it should be like this song is angry like yeah, why are we angry. it's just like it's very it's cute yeah i hear you it's all cute, right right you know that's a good word yeah that's a good word to describe it because like if she is dealing with this, like, gaslit situation, like, that's heavy shit. And you can tell from the lyrics she's trying to get kind of heavy. Like, she's trying to deal with yeah. a real thing. But I do agree. Like, everything is kind of sugar-coated. And I'm like, aw. Yeah, like, yes. Aww. But I feel like we're finally you know? getting to the point where she's telling us that she's mad. Whereas, bef- like, the earlier yeah, songs, she's fair. not mad. Now she's mad. Now she's getting mad. Right. Now she's Now she's mad. So get ready. <laughs> Watch out. Number nine, you're not sorry. <laughs> Credits are just Swift as the writer and Chapman. Um, I didn't realize this was just Swift. I think this is a really strong ballad. Another, obviously, another breakup anthem. I really like this chorus. I just like the melody in the chorus. Um, you don't have to okay. call anymore. It's a nice one. And, and again, she's finally angry. You can tell me that you're sorry, but I don't believe you, baby, like I did before. Now she's done being gaslit by Steven. She's done. Do you think this is about the same person? Do you think it was like, you're gaslit? It was like, hey, Steven, you're gaslighting me. You're not sorry. Does she even say that she's be like, she's like, that's what he's not sorry for? Like, I feel like you can't really, like, we know that he's like, sorry about something but we don't really know like what yeah we don't know what i think (laughs) like it's it's just like frustration at this person and it doesn't really matter like i feel like there's so many things that he's done wrong and she kind of let him keep coming back and now she's she doesn't believe him anymore why doesn't she just write that (laughs) her mind she doesn't know nothing she says nothing in these songs. She just repeats the same shit over and over again. He left her waiting in the cold. That's the only ch- clue that we have. Yeah, I have that note too. I was like, he did that dump him. <laughs> yeah, he left you he waiting in the that? cold. Whether that's yeah. literal or figurative, that is not the man for you. No. Dump him. 
Yeah, I I had that like vocally. It's kind of weak. I put the choruses okay question mark. It's kind of a simple sad song. Yeah, I feel like a kid wrote it. To Priscilla's point. Like, it feels like a kid wrote it. It's, like, trying to be angry, but it doesn't really get there. And I don't know what it's we're very, mad about. Yeah, it's really simple lyrically. I just really like the melody in the chorus. Okay. I think the melody is nice. They should have kept that and, like, wrote a better song. I mean, she started off with a big word. And we haven't seen any other big words. That's true. She exhausted herself. She was exhausted. <laughs> It's like, that's all the words I know. Yeah. Plus, uh, this one is way too long. Four minutes and 21 seconds. That's a theme on this album, is the songs are way too long. But I think, like, she hadn't quite mastered the art of the pop song yet. Correct. Correct. That's true. She's working on the perfect three minute song. Like, it's really hard, I think, for someone to do that who doesn't know how to fucking do it. So, of course, it's everything's too long. That's it. And then for tropes, we got phone, but that was okay. it. Not so bad. Number 10, The Way I Loved You. The Way I Loved You. Writing credits are Swift and a guy named John Rich. Um, he has worked with Faith Hill and Jewel and a bunch of artists I did not recognize. He recorded a song with the metal band Black Label Society. Nice. Yeah, I was like, this is weird. And then he himself was in a band called Lone Star from 92 to 98. Oh, I remember Lone Star. I do not. So that's that guy. Uh, And then Chapman was the producer. This is another song where she does the conversation. He says, I said, which I enjoyed earlier, but I'm bored by the time I get to this song. I thematically, I love that the story is that she's with someone now who's, like, this seemingly perfect person, but she misses a person that is flawed and a relationship that was really flawed. I think, like, when you're younger and dumber, there's something exciting when you have a relationship that's, like, passionately toxic and you don't know any better. Sure. And... Kate, she's kissing in the rain, and it's 2 a.m., and she's acting insane. And she got into his car. She got into his car. (laughs) She got in the car. I actually really like this song. This is my underdog song. For all of the reasons we just mentioned, I should not like it. But there's Mm. something about it I like. Musically, I like that the intro is very different from her other songs. It's, like, super buildy, and it gets really quiet for the verse. So, like, already off the bat, we're dynamic in a way we... um, it is familiar storytelling, but it's the most interesting story so far, to your point. Like, she's in this yeah. perfect situation, but she wants the crazy. I wrote a note. She's a little feisty. We see this happen in later albums. I think she's crazy. I think she likes weird shit. I put that it's the return of the wind chime at 1 minute and 48 seconds. We mentioned the wind chime in Cold the as wind You. Wind chime on the last wind album. Wind chime comes yeah. back. There's a little bit of tambourine happening, which all the best songs in the world have a tambourine in them. So I was like, okay, A plus for the tambourine. Yeah, yeah. So in love, I acted insane. So I was like, here's the crazy coming out. And then the same tropes. Car, kissing in the rain, 2 a.m. And she mentions her father. She does. Rogue, what are your thoughts? I just wrote, she always finds a way to annoy the fuck out of me. (laughs) I can see how this one could be. All my single friends are jealous, right? Yeah. It's like listing the bare minimum of a basic ass man. (laughs) You know, she misses screaming and fighting. Yeah. 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 This is a young girl. At any point, she go to therapy in her stories because I feel like. (laughs) That I don't think she benefit. started going to therapy until Kanye West and Kim Kardashian. Okay. Oh, man. Fair enough. 
I feel like that's when she started. <laughs> a little late, but also warranted. A little late. Warranted. Very warranted. Yeah. But that's a really interesting way to think about it, though, Priscilla, because I think you're right. Like, as much as I like how different this song is, the content of it is annoying in a different way. Like, now you're, like, kind of weirdly bragging about this weird situation that you're in. It's, like, weird. It is weird. Yeah. It, it's I impossible mean, for me to connect to any of these songs, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. I do kind of get it, though, because I've dated guys that are like super nice just like nice guys are good to me sure and i find them sometimes incredibly boring they finish last that's what they say (sighs) you know i'm trying to grow out of it (laughs) i'm working on it it's really it's fucked up (laughs) well you'll get there it'll happen yeah maybe they weren't boring because they were nice they were just boring fucking people yeah (laughs) you're right you're absolutely right also happens yeah nice isn't the same as kind yes you're absolutely right that's true track 11 and the final track on this, on the original album, is uh, Forever and Always. Wait a minute. Is it really? Yeah, I have. I have. I have two, two, more. two more tracks. Oh. On the, you but, mean to tell me I listened to two extra Taylor Swift <laughs> no, tracks I don't think and did. I wasn't supposed to? Well, this is insider information from a super fan. The Best Day and Change were not on the original album. They are on the streaming services version of the album, but they were not on the original album. We can talk about them. I can definitely talk about them. Oh, my God. I'm so thrown. Okay, okay. Forever and Always, writing credits are Swift and Chapman. Yes. What are your thoughts, Gabby? Um, Well, uh, Kate, it rains in your bedroom Everything is wrong. It rains when you're here, and it also rains when you're gone. If I had to count the rains... I'm just, I'm not sure if this song is about a person or a hurricane. We're, I don't know. What happened? <laughs> I Were don't there know. any survivors? Like, what is happening? I don't love her vocals on this. She really strains. What specifically, she, she sings, what happened, please tell me. Like, it sound that line sounds terrible. Yeah. There's a line, uh, so here's to, ev- well, she's like toasting him. So here's to everything coming down to nothing. Here's to silence that cuts me to the core. I like that line. Okay. But for, uh, her vocal is very, very weak on this song. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of fucking rain. So much rain. So much rain. Um, This, to me, is poppier than even Love Story and You Belong With Me. This is, like, Mm. pop central. Um, Super, super catchy. I think the chorus is really great. This song also has that really low bass that kind Mm -hmm. of pushes the song, gives it a little bit of weight, which I appreciated. Super busy drums throughout. Like, he does not stop. He's on the hi-hat. He's on the bell. He's on the snare. Like... I kind of liked it, but it was also a little distracting. I was like, what are we doing? Drums everywhere. Yeah. I feel yeah. like it's more rocky than poppy to me. I think they're trying to be rocky, mm. but it mm-hmm, didn't mm-hmm, quite mm-hmm. happen. And then, yeah, I got rain all over the place. She does mention the phone. I, I, I don't love it, but I was pleasantly surprised. If I was a 15-year-old girl, I'd be like, this is my jam. This is my jam. Okay. I have that. They like it. Kind of, it sounded like they were trying to go for like a Paramore, Avril Lavigne type of. Ooh, vibe. she does that a lot. Not quite hit there, you know. Mm. Like just, she does do that. It was like a very watered down version. Of yeah, that, you know, like yeah. she thought going there would be too uh, too controversial, so she yeah. didn't go there. Yeah, yeah, like that's too bad. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree. Um, she has an it, image. It kind of sounds like this song in particular, though, kind of sounds like it's from, like, a high school musical. Like, I feel like if I were to go see, like, a high school play, like, this song would play. A hundred percent. 
Yeah, like, and I also feel like the music doesn't, again, like, like, it just doesn't match the mood of the song. Like, it sounds like such a happy song, but it's it's kind it's of not yeah it's kind of yeah. a sad song but it, it just sounds so like happy to me yeah yeah it's confusing it's like the kids bob version of sad right. feelings it makes no fucking <laughs> right sense. ah so then what do we do do we are we because i listened to these last we can two. go into it i i i know these songs so i can do it actually i think i'm corrected the best day was on this album it's changed that was not okay okay so 12 the best day writing credits are swift and producer is chapman i absolutely hate this song i've always skipped it uh she wrote this song about her mom which is sweet but i have just an aversion to any woman who is like my mom is my best friend Mm. that's red flag city to me yeah your mom should not be your best friend she's your mother if your mom is your best friend i'm sorry like she failed you as a parent she's not supposed to be your best friend right at all Big skip from me. Well, we didn't skip it because no skips. But in general, it's a skipper. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. a skipper. A lot of daddy father mentions, obviously, because it's about her mom. So there's a lot of like parent yeah. stuff. I have that. It's sickeningly sweet. Like, yes. it, it was like difficult to listen to. It's like, yeah, a little weird. Has a Margaritaville vibe. Like, if you listen to it, I felt like I was like, Margaritaville. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> I thought the song was about her dad because she mentions him so much. But then I realized later, oh, this is about her mother. She likes to play with time lyrically. Again, like Mary's song, it starts like children, teens, young adults. Like she's going through her whole life there. But this was my big note. And we mentioned this before. This song exemplifies what we've discussed about her likability mm. her super comfortable upbringing. Like this whole song is so unrelatable. Like, I, when you're saying your mom shouldn't be your best friend, I think her mom was her best friend because she didn't have any friends. Like, I'm hearing this song as, like, your kid's yeah. weird. Do you know what I mean? Like, she's a weird kid. She must have been weird. But it was just, like, kind of sad when I thought about it that way. I was like, oh, God. Yeah. I think part of it, too, is I can't relate to this song any, in any way because she's going through ages. She starts when she's five, and <sighs> then I think she's 13 or 14 later on. And yeah. it's like... I I can't relate. My parents didn't take me to a fucking pumpkin patch. You know, like what I mean, are she we sounds like a nice mom. She sounds like a real nice mom. But I was like, my god. And then the tropes were father, car ride, and town. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Priscilla, how we feeling about the best day? Probably not the best day for you. No. <laughs> I wrote, oh no, is someone gonna die in the song? <laughs> <laughs> like like grandma or something? Like yeah, it just it kind of felt like it was setting up for like like something like just tragic happens in the end but it would be hard to tell anyway because it all just sounds so fucking happy all the time yeah um yeah i didn't i didn't have that many notes on this i wrote just that and i also wrote i did not like this fair (laughs) i think we all agree (laughs) yeah we didn't like it i understand it's definitely the worst song on this album yeah it's like a super sweet song but like not in like i don't have a sweet tooth so it's too sweet it was too sweet it's like awkward all right, do we want to talk about change? We can talk about change. Okay. So change, so according to Gabby, change is a bonus. It was not on the original, but I listen on Spotify, yes. so it was there. It tricked me. Writing credits are Swift and Rose and Chapman's producer. How do you feel about change, Gabby? Change was a song that was released later, and it was uh, the, the one of the songs, the official songs of the Olympic Games. What? In 2008. and yeah it's it was a it was a song for the olympics i think 
I don't know why this was an official Olympic song because there's nothing about it that is like. I guess in the chorus, she says, winning for us to finally win and we'll sing hallelujah, which is like very weird to me. Any reference to God or religion no. freaks me out. But I don't know if they pick that. And then in the verse, they talk, she talks about. Um, we've been outnumbered, raided, and outcornered. It's hard to fight when the fight ain't fair. So I guess there is, like, a, a competition Ugh. theme. There had to be better songs. I agree. Eye of the Tiger. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, we're getting stronger now. They might be bigger, but we're faster and never scared. Like, I, I get why they picked it. But, like, what the <laughs> fuck is she talking about? I don't know. About? This song is absolute mediocrity. <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't wait. Like, what is... What is this song about? Like, what the fuck is she talking about? What is she fighting? Nothing. Nothing. What revolution is she talking about? None. Is that a religious revolution? She keeps singing hallelujah. A religious revolution. So, actually speaking on the religion thing, the first album she mentions God, I think it's our song, right, Gabby? Mm -hmm. Right? So that's the first time she mentions God. I forgot to say in Best Day, she does mention God again. That's the second time. Um, And in this song is the hallelujah. So this, to me, is the third time she's mentioned religion. I'm with Gabby. Like, I don't like it. Do what you want, but like, don't put it in your music. I think it's weird. My general notes were... Her voice on this is so weak and vulnerable. It kind of felt like they recorded it and then they were like, this is not up to snuff. Like, don't include it. So I'm shocked that it would be used for another reason. I think it was supposed to be a battle cry song. Kind of like, oh, I can't think of it. Some girl had one recently. Not I'm a fighter. That's Christina Aguilera. Oh, this is my fight song? Oh, yeah. Whatever that is. Yeah. Like, it was just a generic, like, girl power moment, but, like, it doesn't do it. Like, it doesn't hit that mark. It doesn't hit. So, I'm reading Genius, and it says this song is about her path to the spotlight. Which, like, babe, it wasn't that much of a battle. No. What revolution is Right. Like, after her first album, like, you were opening for Tim McGraw. Like, what battle like, are you, you ha- talking about? You had it pretty good straight out the gate. Yes. And as we've already mentioned on this episode, this girl is so clearly very privileged. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I think that's why it doesn't work. That's why it doesn't work. I did also note Paramore's Hallelujah on the Riot album came out in 2007. Also a Battle Cry song. Mm. Okay? Theirs is way better. I do not like... That that song came out in 2007 and this album came out in 2008. I mean, she's... Gabby and I have had talks about yeah, that before. Yeah, she's obviously a Paramore fan. She's a big Paramore fan. And this happens again later on where she hears a Paramore song that she likes and then she writes one similar, just like poorly. Um, so that bothered me. The song is almost five minutes. It's four minutes and 40 seconds of like, it's just too much. The only positive I will say is there are no lyrical tropes in this. She doesn't mention a damn thing on that list. <laughs> no cars, no kissing in the rain, no, no cars, daddies. No jeans, no daddies. It's amazing. Yeah, she's literally saying nothing in this song. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. She but to your point, nothing. Priscilla, like, what are you mad about? What are we fighting? I don't understand. Like, clue me in. Maybe I'll be on your side. But I don't know what we're talking about. I'm just shocked it was for the, the Olympic Games. I had Oh, no my idea. gosh. All right, guys. So we did it. We got through We this did entire... it. Do we have, like, final thoughts? Closing thoughts? I would love to know, uh, just everyone to go through favorite, least favorite, and honorable mention, if you have one. So, favorite is Love Story. I just think it hits all the marks. Least favorite is Hey Steven. 
Jesus. And my underdog was, what's it called? The Way I Loved You. I was shocked. I have listened to that several times, like, on my own, admittedly. So, I just like it. Okay. All right. Priscilla, what about you? Um, I don't, I don't have, a like, a, a favorite song. Mm-hmm. But I have... Do you have one you hate the least? Um, well, my least favorite song would be The Best Day. Um, okay. Okay. And I'm going to say my favorite song is Change. And only because... <laughs> <laughs> Tell us why! It's It literally is the only song that made me feel anything. Like, I was confused <laughs> the entire time. Okay. No idea what the song is about. Um, and it also sparked some rage because I, I just couldn't understand what the fuck she's talking about. I understand. And maybe also because it was the last one you listened and to. I ma- it's and like, like I made it I made to made the it. end. You know? Yeah. Like it's a, <laughs> it was it your was battle cry song. <laughs> finished, it was like, for you. Yeah, I killed off the boss. <laughs> so. My favorite is You Belong With Me. Okay. My least favorite is The Best Day. Mm. And my honorable mention is Hey Steven, Fuck You Both. Oh. Yeah. I said it. I love Hey Steven. <sighs> this is going to be recorded forever, Gabby. You want people to know this forever? I'm proud of loving <laughs> Hey Steven. Oh, there are more like me. <laughs> it's just Angela. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me and Angela that love Hey Steven. But at least I'm not alone. I bet Steven likes it. I bet he does. Wherever he is. Yeah. I bet he does. Goodness me. Kate, are you a Taylor Swift fan yet? No. No. You mean to to tell me change didn't do it for you? (laughs) You didn't join her revolution? (sighs) No. What I can say is I see the spark. Like, I'm starting to see a little bit of something. In the first album, I was like, she could have been anybody. Like, get out of here. This one, I'm seeing hints of what she later becomes. But, like, if I had only heard these two albums, I'd be like, that's a no for me. Like, not for me, unfortunately. Okay, Okay. fair. Priscilla, you're still not a fan, huh? No, no. I mean, (laughs) honestly, like, it's, you know, like, I I really tried listening to it. I know. (laughs) I know you did. But you know like at the very least like i like to connect um like feel some form of like emotion you know when i'm listening to music and i just i couldn't connect at all because all of it really did feel like it was the same one line Mm. mood you know it didn't really take me anywhere Um, i hear you i just got older when i listened to it (laughs) for sure For sure. Well, it's hard to, like, listen to an album of, like, young girl heartbreak when you're so past that point in your life. Yeah, and I mean, like, even trying to think about, like, me at that age, like, even me at that age wouldn't be able to relate. Yeah. To her music. You were, yeah. You were really cool. Yeah. Were, I've always been really fucking cool. awesome, y'all. I'm sorry. You were a yeah. really cool teenager. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, Priscilla, thank you so much. Where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on every platform at O-H-R-O-G-U-E. And my website is O-H-R-O-G-U-E. That's O-R-O-G-U-E. And you can listen to mixes, art, everything. Me. <laughs> awesome. Ooh. I already follow you. And it's pretty good, right? <laughs> it's a good time. Yeah, it's pretty good. I was telling Kate before you came on, like, 
you really like me. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Oh, like, what a good friend. Still? Yes. Yes. Still. <laughs> this is how you know. That you agreed wow. to do this so enthusiastically. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And when I asked you, like, the next day, you were like, I did it. <laughs> I was like, wow. Wow. Because I got to listen to Taylor Swift. That's friendship. Do it for Gabby. I appreciate it. Yeah, Thank you're you. the one that will make me listen yes. or get me to listen to music that I probably hate. <laughs> well, I mean, At least that's kind once, of the same you know? for Kate, too. If you're going to put me onto something, because you also listen to really good shit, too. So Yeah. You know I know some things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> My taste isn't all, hey, Steven. I'm a very versatile woman. Good thing. I'd be so worried for you. <laughs> well, we wouldn't have this podcast if it was. That's true. So true. Okay, so it's about that time for the tally of the lyric tropes for album two, Fearless. I did add a couple words to the original list, so I went back to the self-titled album to count those, but I realized that I miscounted some of the original tropes. So here's an update for both albums. Okay, and I am counting how many songs that these words appear in. So jeans, self-titled two songs, fearless, one song for a total of three. Dress, self-titled one song, fearless, two songs for a total of three. Radio, self-titled four songs, fearless, no songs for a total of four. Daddy and or father, self-titled two songs, fearless, three songs for a total of five. Truck, car, and or passenger seat. Self-titled, five songs. Fearless, four songs for a total of nine. The knee. Self-titled, once. Fearless, three songs for a total of four. Rain. Self-titled, four songs. Fearless, four songs for a total of eight. Town. Once on self-titled, six songs on Fearless Mention Town. That's for a total of seven. Dance and or Dancing, once on self-titled, two songs on Fearless for a total of three. Dream and or Daydreaming, self-titled, it appears twice. Fearless, four songs for a total of six. The Phone is mentioned in one song on self-titled, three songs on Fearless for a total of four. Stars is twice on self-titled, no times on Fearless so for a total of two. 2 a.m., once on self-titled, once on Fearless for a total of two. And then we have the new tropes. So the idea of a story, chapter, and or page being mentioned in a song. So it's two songs on self-titled, two songs on Fearless for a total of four. My room, your room, bedroom, and enclosed sleeping quarters. Uh, zero times on self-titled, but one time on Fearless for a total of one. The idea of royalty. So kings, queens, prince, princesses. No times on self-titled, three times on Fearless for a total of three. And then finally, door and or doorstep. Four times on self-titled, five times on Fearless for a total of nine. Big thanks to the band Above the Moon for writing and recording our theme song. You can find them on Instagram at Above the Moon Music or on their website, AboveTheMoonMusic.com. If you enjoyed listening, give us a follow or subscribe on your favorite platform. And if you really enjoyed listening, leave us a like, rate us, or review us so more people can find us. You can keep up with news about new episodes on Instagram at Minor Notes Podcast or email us minornotespodcast at gmail.com. Minor Notes is a finally cool production. Next episode, we'll be discussing Taylor's third record, Speak Now, with another special guest, author, director, educator, popular culture historian, and longtime friend of mine, Kasim Gaines. So be sure to tune in and thanks so much for listening.
Finally cool!